Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. For fans, by fans. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. The Orioles have been linked to Matt Harvey. And to be clear, not the 2015 Matt Harvey, but the 2017 Matt Harvey. Should the Orioles seriously be considering a deal with this fallen star? Giancarlo Stanton is officially a Yankee. Should we even bother playing baseball next year? Is it fair that the Raven fans are always comparing this defense to the defense of guys like Lewis and Reed and Nada? I'm Josh Soroka. I'm Bert Rohde. And I'm Matt Soroka. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Baltimore's best, Section 336, the number one sports broadcast, get your fix. What's the news? Let's talk about Buck, our favorite Orioles. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases, this is a trip. Stay tuned in at 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your endearingly stirring host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the zany Bert Rohde. What up, coconuts? Welcome to the No Strawberry Zone. And the button lover, Josh Roca. Uh, how you guys doing? You stay up a little past midnight last night? I did. Just I did. a little. Just a little. And that's one of those games where after you watch it, good luck falling asleep, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Of course, those are the type of games where when it goes either way, good luck going to sleep afterwards. Oh, yeah, like there was no sleeping until at least one, no matter what the result was going to be. Right. Yeah. I, I, I stayed up for the whole game, and like you said, yeah, I couldn't fall asleep. It didn't help that I had a big coffee right before the game even started to help me stay awake for the game. Yep, yep, that's how uh, this works. So that I just put on The Walking Dead after the Ravens game because that had the midseason finale. So that kept me up to almost two, and uh, my alarm went off at 5.15, so I'm – I'm ready to go. Let's talk sports. Woo! <laughs> really, why do the games start? I'm, I'm, never mind. I'm not going to sound like an old curmudgeon. I just don't understand why they don't start games. Pass my bedtime. No. I, I did decide that Sunday nights are my least favorite of the primetime games. I mean, who stays up till midnight? They get more viewers when the game ends at midnight than if the game ended at 11 o'clock. I guess, I I guess, like the, West, the, I guess the West Coast viewers is the idea. Sure. But it's two East Coast teams. I don't know. They can't fluctuate. I, so I decided Sunday night games I hate because Sundays I sit around just wanting to watch football, want to watch the Ravens, 
at least for Monday night games, I get distracted by work throughout the day, and then it's like a rest after work. Thursday night games are a surprise because I always forget that there's football on Thursdays. Sunday night games, you just spend the entire day waiting for it, and it's just too much. And then there's like a needless 90 to 90 minute, two hour wait between the end of the four o'clock games and then That's the night game. Oh yeah. There's uh, so much pregame for the Sunday night game. It's like, just start the game a little earlier guys. You mean, they just you mean, show the highlights of the previous games like 10 times over. Just yeah. That we already watched a hundred times. But guys, what would you do without football night in America? As yeah. if you didn't already have the red zone and see all these plays. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, you know what I like? They should get rid of Thursday night football and, and they should do like they do on opening day. Opening night when they have this the seven thirty game and then the ten thirty game, I like that. Give yeah. it a Thursday night, do a seven thirty East Coast game and then a ten thirty West Coast game. Sure, yeah, do that. I just solved your problems, NFL, with Thursday football and with me staying up too late. Boom. Despite it being despite it being a late game, though, uh, I I haven't seen any numbers, but I imagine it, it must have been some pretty decent ratings. It was a oh. high profile matchup, a great game. Just enter, even if you're not a Ravens fan. Or Steelers okay. fan have no interest in the outcome. It was a good fo- football game to watch. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, a lot of offense on both sides of the ball, which is what the general fan wants. Right. Um, and, yeah, and then they could build up that whole rivalry thing ahead of time as, as being the best rivalry in, in, the, in football. So, sure. And then you got the added thing of uh, the guy who got hurt for the Steelers last week. That, they that could you build jinxed. That. Yeah, 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 my jinx. Uh, we, don't, yeah. we don't need to talk about that one. But uh, I don't think they mentioned a single time last night that Jimmy Smith was also injured for the Ravens. I heard it mentioned once. I heard it one time. Yeah. And 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 I, 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 no one can tell me that the Ravens would have lost that game if we had Jimmy Smith. I, I mean, w- Antonio well, no. Brown killed us with Brandon Cox. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you're saying if we had if Jimmy, Jimmy Smith. Smith was on the field, we win. Yes. Sure. No well, but you could also say if the Steelers had Ryan Shazier, their defense would have been a lot better last night too. But you know what? It's it was a one point game, so you can say anything. Anything could have affected that one point. If Suggs caught the ball, if they didn't, if they didn't call that um, pass interference on Kennedy, if uh, if well, oh boy, if, if Humphrey uh, caught Matt the ball, didn't die, and then do the Undertaker thing where he, he was dead, and then he was raised from <laughs> from the dead, but after a timeout was used. Right, right. The wasted timeout at the end. <laughs> both, the, both teams, both teams had the opportunity to run down the clock and win the game within the last three minutes, it. and then they kept passing the ball. Even the, the Steelers did it too. Right, I like, just run the ball, run down the clock. Game over. Yeah, let let, let let we can work our way back, but let's just briefly. And we got a bunch of winter meetings, Orioles talk to get to, which we'll get to. The ending there. There is those two plays: the Macklin mystery timeout. And the um, <laughs> there was no yeah. mystery about it. He hurt himself. They had to waste the time out. Who knows? But, how. Then, but, no, but, but the clock stopped the anyway. He walked. Yeah, that's what I and I, I did not. I did not know the rule. That's my point. I didn't know the rule, and I bet Macklin didn't know the rule either. All right, because it was because it was a drop, it was an incomplete, pass. incomplete pass. Yeah. So the clock yeah. should have stopped. Yeah, you right. know whose fault this is that we lost John Harbaugh. No, Bill Belichick, because Bill Belichick used to do all that shady business with the Patriots where everybody would hurt in like the last two minutes. Right, like, so they had to make these too. rules. So they had to make yeah. a new rule because of Bill Belichick. Oh, so was was Bill Belichick also the reason for the forward pass, forward fumble does not stop the clock? That's another yeah. one. Because Joe did Flacco had no clue. No, neither did Joe Flacco. No one knew. Hey, 
A lot of people out there are calling Macklin a strawberry. You guys buying that? <laughs> uh, he certainly he certainly didn't look hurt once he finally got up and left right. the field. And it looked he like came he came back dead. on the next play. I thought he was dead at first. Right. Yeah. Right. Up right back up in the next play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it's pretty bad. Yeah. He's a There's strawberry out there. Chris Moore is a is a coconut. Yeah. It's some rumors out there that NFL football is fake. And Macklin might be more evidence that it's all staged and fake. Yeah, yeah. Because he's not really hurt. It's run and by the players are really hurt in Vegas. Fixing. Yeah. Fixing point uh, spreads. Your reaction? I saw a lot of after the game thoughts. Let, uh-huh. let, let's dispel a couple notions. Okay, right. This loss isn't on Joe Flacco. Let's get that. No, this is, out of this the is the best offensive performance of the season. Sure. Uh, Alex Collins. He had. What, what's called a superstar night. He was yep. a superstar. Right. He wasn't just good. He was a superstar last night. Um, but w- with with all that said, I saw a lot of anger, a lot of anger on Twitter, a lot of anger on talk radio. I turn on talk radio. Oh, Can I tell you something about morning talk radio when I was driving to work? I never listened to talk radio. Now you, got a, you also got a bunch of sleepy people. What's that? You got a bunch of sleepy people. It's also yelling. Yeah, and one of seven. I never listened to them, but I listened this morning. Can I tell you something about that show? And I bet this, I'm going to start to listen the, more often. The, 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 what do they show. call it? The big show? The the super show, right? I don't know. I think I it's know. the 1057 super show, I believe, is what they try to call it. But every time someone makes a point in that show, they then go ahead and say the same point and repeat it again. <laughs> they make the point, then they repeat it again. They make it. Then repeat it again. And they do that throughout the entire show. So I felt like I heard, at least for 15 minutes, I got five minutes of good content that they repeated three times over. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to go back and listen to one more 105. <laughs> but anyway, a lot of people out there reacting as with, with anger. Um, like, what was your gut feeling when we lost, the way we lost, and the fact that we lost the Steelers, and it meant losing, uh, meant the, it, it, it clinched the division for the, for the uh, Steelers? Steelers. What, what was your guys' kind of emotional reaction after they lo- after we lost? Well, when we when we had the lead, you know, midway to late in the third quarter, at what eleven point lead, two possession game, I was I was personally stunned. I was yeah, shocked. laying there in my bed. I'm like, we might actually win this game. This is unbelievable. Um, but it was a big, we might win this game. Like I still, it, you can't, you can never count out the Steelers. They kept pulling up that stat where they've never lost a game when they were up by 14 points. And you know, there's a reason for that. Cause you can never count them out. They got a lead. They might lose it, but they're going to get it back. Yeah. 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 And I, I was just looking over, uh, during football games when Matt and I don't watch the games with our dad, we have an ongoing text thread. So I was just scanning through it and we still at like 1130 when the Ravens were up, we still weren't confident. Because we've seen this before, and we've seen Big Ben do this, um, so I wasn't. I was shocked because late in the game we were still up by eleven points. We were still up by two possessions, but the fact that they won by a field goal, it seemed like this game had that written all over it. Yeah, the yeah. Steelers have won their last three or four games now by field three. goals, last second. Yeah, yeah. Well, some, yeah, last night was the fourth consecutively. Right. Yeah, and it's the third time in a row now that the Steelers has have beaten the Ravens uh if you remember we had a tough loss very similar game last Christmas 
where we were up late in the game and then lost at the end. Yeah, well, yeah. it just works out in our favor then because if we do manage to squeak into the playoffs, there's no way they're going to beat us three times, right? <laughs> the, I mean, the old do theory. I mean, that's the interesting part is there is a chance we could face them again in the playoffs. And if there's any – the positives going away from yesterday's game is that the offense looked really good. With no wide receivers of note, the offense looked really good. Yeah, yeah. Alex Collins was great. And Chris Moore was good, and Flacco was good. Yeah, yeah, but there was no stopping Big Ben, and no. that was without their second best receiver and Juju Schuster. So that's, I mean, that's concerning. But you're right; it bodes well for us beating up on uh, what Kaiser and uh, the Colts quarterback, whoever Jacoby that guy is. Brissett, 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 and and, uh, and and Andy Dalton. Yeah, it, it bodes well because those quarterbacks aren't great, and so as long as our right. offense plays like that. And, uh, it, and gonna, it, also, gonna... it also lines us up well for that first week of playoffs where we would have to play probably the Jaguars or the Chiefs in that wild card round. That, again, as long as you're not facing – got to remember that Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and uh, Bell, those are Hall of Fame players. Like, that's yeah. probably the best triple threat in the NFL right now. Sure. Yeah. I think Bell's a little overrated. Well, we shut Bell down yesterday. If you want to take a positive, that run game was n- nonsense. Uh, Roethlisberger threw the ball like 67 times or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know it was combined like 100, 100 throws there, and people want to complain about the pass interference calls, but they were chucking the ball around 100 right. times. There's right. Be he threw, he threw for over 500 yards. Right. That's unheard yeah. of. And it's no insane. turnovers. No turnovers. Yeah. Never picked him off. Never forced a fumble. The- it's the, impressive. The last, no it's joke. impressive. The last yeah. time the Ravens defense gave up 500 passing yards was in 2000 to Vinny Testaverde. Now the Ravens also got six interceptions oh. or six turnovers in that game, but uh, Vinny threw the ball 500 yards. Was, is that when he was with the Jets? Yeah, when he was with the Jets. Now that worked out pretty well for the Ravens. I don't think it's going to work out as well this year, but who knows? Yeah, and uh, and just looking at the chat room, Jacob Rock uh, – uh, a big old coconut. J- Jacob Brock did a coconut move by going down to Pittsburgh, and he was at the game. So props to him. We're complaining about dragon. We didn't even go to the game, and he said he he was he was livid at the end of the game because the way it ended. And it was like it was a frustrating end of the game, both for the the running out of clock on some bizarre rule, and then the the thing with uh, Macklin. Two really bizarre plays when we had time enough to just all we needed was get. I mean, we're talking about Justin Tucker. You just get to the fifty yard line, people. So it was a little frustrating, frustrating end into the game. But I wasn't that pissed because a couple of things. One, it was a heck of a football game. Like, that yeah, was just yeah. like just a football fan type thing. That was, was entertaining. A heck of a football game. Yeah, it was beginning to end, beginning and, to end, and, regardless and of the outcome. As a Ravens fan, I'm so used to unentertaining football that I was yes. like, I was like, love. It. I was like, this is cool, man. Yes, uh, absolutely. And and, uh, and the second thing is. My expectations, I'm like, Bert, when they were up by two scores in the fourth quarter, I was shocked. And so my mm-hmm. expectations for the, the game are so low. <laughs> but I was so happy they were making – because I thought – I was, I like after the first two drives for the Steelers, I was like, I'm going to go to bed at halftime. <laughs> that was my plan to go to bed at halftime. And then they, yeah. they stayed in they stayed and stayed in it, and it was just turned out to be a really good game. So yeah. as annoying as it was the way it ended, um, all in all, I wasn't really frustrated or mad at all about the game. Yeah. The difference you got you got to consider though that if if this was a playoff game, 
Oh you my gotta, gosh. You got to finish the ball game. You that's a game they should have won. If, if that was a game that knocked them out of the playoffs, you know, yeah. I I wouldn't be feeling so okay with it. Yeah, like and, we are and, today. And, right. and 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 my biggest issue and if we could go and there's and Josh is right, there's 100 plays you could go back and replay in this game. But that with their second to last possession, not the last possession, but the possession just right. before that. Where you should have just ran yeah. the ball. We finished the game once, and then we only got like a yard and then we threw it twice. Yep. We They're trying twice. to get cute. Yeah, I mean, Alex Collins has been running all day. We have the lead. Clock's on our side. Why would you throw it twice there? It blows my mind. But I'm going to let it go because it's not a playoff game. But if that was it a playoff game, it shouldn't have been that close the- anyway. <laughs> and that's that's kind of how I went into this game was we don't have a shot at the division. The Steelers are going to get the division. Uh, it doesn't really affect us in the playoff hunt that much. So my really thing was even going into the game was – Regardless of the outcome, the biggest, most important thing is to stay healthy, and I think the Ravens came out pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. And I did not, I was, I did not want it to get into an ugly game like we saw last week with the Bengals. Right. So you would have gone all preseason four, uh, preseason week four, and put in uh, Ryan Mallett and uh, put in Terrence Wesco backups. To stay um, healthy. <laughs> when we were down in what the second quarter. Where, yeah, it was clear, where it was clear that our defense could not stop the Steelers and we were down like 14 or something. I think just Brandon Carr couldn't stop it. <laughs> at that point, yeah, I said, let's, let's pack it in, stay safe, and then <laughs> play for next week. But, yeah, it was an exciting game and a fun game, and that's what we want. And that's what we want from Steeler Ravens. Yeah, and we still – I mean, we look like a different team than we did um, in the opening in week, the week four, I think, yeah. No, no, every time. Again, I keep on thinking about getting blown out by the Jaguars just because I was so shocked when we got blown out by the Jaguars. But yeah, now it turns out the Jaguars is actually a pretty good football team. Right. That, that, looks, that loss looks a little bit less bad. Especially when you take into all of the X factors of that Jaguars game of going to London and stuff. It's yeah. almost like if, you know, next week we're playing the Browns, right? If we come out and uh, it's a bunch of little dink and dump off passes, a bunch of field goals, and we end up winning like 12 to 3. I'd almost take the loss to the Steelers with the game that was played last night than watch some terrible, boring 12-3 football game that, that we're known to turn out. Uh, you know, Even this year, we have some terrible games like that. Right. I, I'll, I'll take an entertaining loss over an utterly boring win sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, but I, I get your point. I get your point. Yeah, it was definitely more, it's definitely probably more entertaining than the, the Browns, Colts, or Bengals are going to be in the next few weeks. Uh, unless we blow them out, then, uh, you know, I would love to see another shutout before the end of the season. I know that's asking a lot uh, in this NFL, this day and age, but they've done it three times already. Yeah. One of which was against the Bengals. Uh, it would be exciting to see a fourth. Yeah. Uh, the Browns are still winless, right? Yes. They did not. I know they almost got one yesterday. So. They, they've almost gotten a few. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's not going to happen against the Browns because Josh Gordon's an absolute stud, and without Jimmy Smith, there's going to be no one to cover Josh Gordon again. Sure, so. yeah, sure. yeah, and he had a he had a big game on his first time back. If there was anything, it's, it was an exciting game, and what you hope is a good preview of a postseason game to come, and something that the fact that we can even talk about the postseason now after the way this season started seems unbelievable. Yeah, um, just a, a last thought, thought, thought on this in keeping with that theme. Um, Jacob Rocky posted on the chat room, and I was going to ask him about this, his experience at uh, Heinz Field, but he says uh, the, hospi- the, hosp- the hospitality was great. Lots of great Steeler fans. 
and many shook my hand at the end of the game and said good game as we left. So that's that's nice to hear. It's good to yeah, hear. Yeah, you think they're the same way if they lose? Well, I, yeah, maybe <laughs> not. But I mean, it's also because he probably took our advice from last week and was respectful and not not like a Red Sox fan coming into Camden Yards. Right. Plus, I think yeah. after last week, the Steeler fans have a little might have a little bit more hatred for the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how much after the Bengals game, how much the Ravens and Steelers is like this. Yes, they hate each other, but such respect. Everyone respect, 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 respect. No, that, that was the whole storyline going years in. Past. This year, it's all about respect. Just yeah. what happened with Cincinnati. And, that, and exactly. And that's the NFL trying to clean up this image that they have, where for years they talked about how Terrell Suggs hates Ben Roethlisberger. Yes, brother. it was all about it was, hate. Like, it was all hatred. hatred. And this year, yeah. it was they definitely turned about face, and the NFL said, we need to do something about this marketing. We're going the respect angle. They didn't show any of the highlights from when Haloti Nada broke Roethlisberger's nose. <laughs> You're right. That's always one of my favorite highlights. Yeah, it right? It doesn't fit the narrative. Yeah. yeah. The, the Bengals are really uh, you know, making a name for themselves uh, in this new NFL as a, just a poorly coached, poorly uh, no sportsmanship, you know, stuff like that. Is, but this is nothing new. Like Marvin Lewis always was taking on bad character guys up there in Cincinnati. Yeah, right. nothing new. The the Ravens gave up a lot of points yesterday. Is it thirty nine of them? Right. Is it now? Should we no longer be? Should we no longer be thinking about the Ravens as a defense first football team? Like, are they? The, the, so many times we think of the Ravens' defense, and it's because of those stars of Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and Suggs and Nada and everyone else we've had on there. They're, they're not that team anymore. They keep trying to be. Are they? They keep drafting defense, 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 trying to find the next Ed Reed, the next uh, Ray Lewis. Do we need to get to a point and just accept that we will never see that again as Raven fans, that that's a once-in-a-lifetime team? Well, they're still one of, if not the top-ranked defense in the NFL this year, are they not? They have the most turnovers, even they though they it. didn't have any last right. night. They have the most turnovers, the yeah. most interceptions, the the seventh most sacks. Um, they're they're still a top defense. They just ran into Ben Roethlisberger, who we have to play twice a year, who knows the Ravens' number, knows how to pinpoint their defense, how to he knows how to beat the Ravens' defense, where. A lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL who don't play the Ravens as often, you know, don't know it as well. So I don't think there's any shame in Roethlisberger having a good game against what's otherwise a top three defense in the NFL. But 500 yards is a little extreme. (laughs) That's a lot, even for Roethlisberger uh, to throw against the Ravens. So I still think they're a top defense this year. Not, they're not compared to the Ray Lewis Ed Reed days, but with this 2017 NFL, you can't get much better than them right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not every year. It's I don't know if it's once in generation or once in 20 years or 30 years that you're going to win a championship uh, based largely on your kicker. Right? Like you're going to yeah. field goal kick your way through the playoffs into the Super Bowl. Like That's not going to happen again, probably, no matter how good Justin Tucker is, just because it's too hard to win that way. You need balance. And the Ravens, um, the last several years, have lacked that good balance. And so this year, I think, again, the, 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 the defense is, is better than the offense. That just wasn't the case last night. Last night, the offense was better than the defense. On NFL.com, a total defense, the Ravens are ranked 14th 
in the NFL. Because we All do right. give up a lot of yards. Yeah. But the turnovers are big. Yeah, no, they're huge, and we desperately could have used a turnover yesterday. Yeah. Almost had a couple, a couple tip balls, but weren't falling our way. Yeah, I mean, all you can do is is, is tip your balls and hope for the best. <laughs> uh, can 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 uh, can we get into some Orioles winter meetings talk? Because there is yes, the, the stove is burning. I got we got stories, boys. We got we Phil, got rumors where, where, flying. Where do you want to fill me in? Do you want to start with Machado or with Harvey? Can can we uh, start somewhere else? Actually, all right. Who do you want? You want to start with uh, the Japanese guy? Lead the way, uh, Matt. No, I want to start. Can we start even before there? All right, where Can do you want to go? Can we start with the Yankees and Marlins? Okay, all right. The the right the one sided deal. The, the the John Carlos Stanton for uh, for for Castro. Right. You know what this reminded me of? It what? reminded me of uh, fantasy football trades, where there's a team that's so far out of it that you're just paying them off to get their good players to help you get into the playoffs. The, the trades that are not supposed to be legal in fantasy football where you're dumping your team. The Marlins are dumping their team because they can't afford their team because, uh, what's his name, Jeter can't afford a baseball team, but baseball wanted him to own a baseball team. And now they're trying to jump dump salary. So, of course, it's the Yankees who win out. Yeah. And how it went down is so outrageous. It's so ugly. It's so bad for baseball. It's a bad look for the Marlins. It's a bad look for, 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 for the Yankees. It's See, a bad look for everybody. I don't think it's and, bad for baseball. Oh, here I want to tell you why it's bad for baseball, right? All right. For, uh, for, for, first of all, uh, the Marlins now are a uh, are freaking joke franchise. Oh, yeah. It's, it not, like, it's not like trading Ma- Ma- Manny Machado who's in the final year of a deal. You're trading a guy who still has, I don't know, like 10 years left on his deal. You're trading right in the middle of it. Well, and Jeter said ahead. he wants to get the Marlins payroll down to fifty-five million. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that is true. not a competitive team. No, it, and it's bad for. And I, no. I would argue that that's bad. For you know baseball. what it is? It is it is the movie Major League when that woman comes in and wants to wants the team wants to move the team. Yeah, if you can't afford to to put up winning product on the field, don't buy the team. What are you doing there? <laughs> yeah. Um, and 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 the whole deal with the Yankees. Stan had a deal with the – I guess they had a deal in place with the Cardinals, which he rejected. Right. He which had, is his right because he had a no-trade clause. Right. He said he, he'd accept the Yankees or the Dodgers. He also had a deal, I guess in principle I heard, with the Giants. But again, he rejected. And so pretty much the Yankees were the only team that Stan was willing to go to and that had the money to pay him. So there right. was – and it, Jeter – Everyone knew that Jeter had to trade Stanton because getting him down to forty-four million, you got to trade the three hundred million dollar guy. Right, and, and so there was only one team to deal with. This is like a worst case scenario, and, and so the Yankees could give the Marlins pretty much whatever they wanted to give them because there's no one else that the Marlins would be able to deal with right. because of the money up. and because Stanton's no no trade clause. It's yeah. Outrageous. Yeah, they did not give anything up. I think the only positive for baseball is I think that baseball loves the New York Yankees and loves that dynasty, and we are back now uh, to the evil empire. And they are in full force of the evil empire, and I think Major League Baseball likes that. Yeah, but the thing I hate is, as a baseball franchise, you can do everything right. And I'm not saying the Orioles have done everything right, because that's not my – let's look at the Rays or something. You can, as a franchise, can do everything right. 
draft. You know, they, there's rules in place that you get to keep your players through arbitration for a long period of time. And, and like, the Yankees have no unfair advantage in drafting. And they tried to do this with, with the international draft, right, or with international signings, where you can only sign a certain amount of dollars. You just can't get, pay anyone whatever you want. Because that's what the Red Sox did when they got Mankata. They just, like, paid $100 million to get a number one draft pick. But this is what we have again. Like, people, just teams who just have straight more money can just stomp people with less money. And I, I don't think that's good for baseball. I don't think that, that just because the team has more money, they find kind of other ways around to just, you know, squash small market teams. No, it's and the way good. this is headed, it's headed to where you have like uh, basketball with these super teams, which I don't think is good for for sports. You're going to have these super teams with, with, with baseball. And don't think that the Yankees, just because they signed Giancarlo Stanton, that they're not going to go after a Harper Machado because they will, of course, uh, and and it's and it's just going to get worse and worse. And so I don't like the way that this is headed. Yeah, and that's but that's a problem in baseball, and that's where you have these small market, mid market teams. And for years, the Orioles have been a mid market team, and we need to come along and uh, uh, be okay with the fact that now that the Nationals are in town, we're a small market team, and that's going to make it really hard when we're going up against. Large market teams that can, that they 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 haven't even hit the luxury tax yet. They can still sign the pitchers they need this year. That they're going to be spending the money and hit that tax, and that doesn't matter to them. The it's, tax doesn't even matter to them. Yeah. It's really hard in baseball to compete without a uh, salary. Right? The, yeah. the tax the tax is going to hit Stanton because he's moving from a state with zero income tax to New York City. He's not moving. Yeah, but he still has a state income tax when he's working in the state of New York. Yep. I guess so. The majority Especially of his if... games are being played within the state. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're right. Hey, Bert, can you imagine how complicated the taxes is for baseball players? Since they, I would love to have so a client. So many different cities and states. Do you remember there was a Deadspin article a few years ago where somebody found uh, Andrew McCutcheon's pay stub <laughs> and posted it? And it had all the multiple state withholdings from all the states that he plays baseball in that when he gets paid playing in a certain state has to have the withholding taxes withheld from that state. It's crazy. I was fascinated. Yeah. It might be bad for Stanton, but I guess the, the state of New York just made a bunch of money, right? There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they need more. <laughs> True. Right. How True. do you think they're going to pay for the new Yankee Stadium? The next one to come. Uh. Do you guys have thoughts on uh, Otani, who is – I just checked out the new uh, list of top 100 prospects in baseball, and Otani went from not on the list to now he is number one. He is the number one prospect in all of baseball. All right. Otani just signed. So he's with the Angels now. Yeah. Um, stuff came out pitch for, and hit DH, apparently. Right. Now, Duquette said that we did not even pursue him because it's against the Orioles' philosophy. Yeah. Uh right. Is that is, a surprise? He, no, it's not a surprise. They <laughs> get, a lot of people were outraged on Twitter about it. Right. I was like, we were talking about this two years ago. Right. They two throw, away, ago, they throw away their international money. international market. Especially yeah. not when you got to pony money up to even bid. Yeah. We don't do that. Um, is he really going to pitch and hit? Is that really how the Angels are going to use him? Yeah. If he really does that, he is the most exciting prospect. He might he's the most exciting player to look forward to watching this this year. Forget Stanton and Judge. If this guy can produce at the plate and pitch this way, he's exciting. 
Yeah. Oh, it, this is it's 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 no doubt. It's no doubt. And now you have Mike Trout and Otani on the same team. The the only unfortunate thing is it's uh, for 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 Shohei Otani. He's playing on the West Coast, so everyone's going to be asleep while he's playing. So that's the only sad thing. I'll be asleep for three hours by the time his game starts. You, you got to feel. Hold up. I got a, I got a couple questions. So, because I'm unaware, because I'm not paying any attention to what's going. We on We talked about this right like now. the past two weeks, I think. But go no, ahead. No, but it's this is the first time. This is the first time hearing that this guy is a pitcher and a hitter. Yeah, he's both. And he signed with an American League team, so the DH is optional in the American League. Uh, you can let your pitcher bat if you want. No, he's going to DH on days that he doesn't pitch. Okay. But on days that he does pitch, I guess it'll be just somebody else DHing. I don't know. You're yeah, right. I it's, it's optional, so I don't know. Well, I can't imagine a scenario where they're going to opt to let him pitch and not have a DH. Because then what right. if he has a bad pitching game, then you lose his bat in the lineup. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. You're right. Yeah. I don't know how all that works in the uh... – Option. All right, well, I'm, I'm in. I'm all in. Right. Where's my Angels hat? <laughs> no, but I'm telling you, that's easy. and the guy that you got to feel good out of all of this is Mike Trout, who signed a long-term deal years ago before the ridiculous amounts of money and has, has because of that, been stuck on a bad team for years. And now they're yeah. bringing another star in. So I feel, I feel really good for Mike Trout. <laughs> you know who I'd feel is. good for? The Orioles, if they win a World Series. That's who I'd feel good for. Oh, um, wait, that that could take us straight into with all the Stanton talk. We forgot about all the people who are already writing off this season as the Yankees win the World Series. Oh yeah, it's over. <laughs> right. <laughs> just like yeah. uh, right, just like Chris Sale last year. How 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 many wild card spots are there? Seventeen. Maybe we can get one of those. <laughs> uh, so I was I was looking at somewhere. I think Otani. I was seeing how much he signed for. I think it was like a million dollars or something. Uh, was 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 his uh, how much is he was signed for? Or maybe it was. It's got to be more than that, right? They they were saying if he's a free agent, he would make about like if they just didn't force like if Otani sh- should be able to make what he could really make like as a free agent, he would make three hundred million dollars, <laughs> like two hundred fifty right. to three hundred million. But there is uh, there is still and he was getting them for nothing. Besides Ichiro, have we seen anyone really make the jump and be a star? You Darvish was good for a little bit, but he wasn't Tanaka not, not wasn't. a star. Yeah. So that that's another interesting angle on this to see if he can make the jump. Yeah, and Dave Westwood points out that he's a good outfielder defensively too. Yeah, I heard that like if he blows out his shoulder tomorrow, he would still be one of the best center fielders in baseball. Like he's that he's really <laughs> fast. You could throw him in center field and he would be one of the best center fielders in baseball. Right. That that's why this guy is so exciting. Yeah. Um but the uh, there's an interesting. Did you guys see this article in Fangraphs today? I know Bert did. And Josh, did you see this article in Fangraphs? I did. I did not. About the <laughs> Orioles. Here's the title: not, Orioles not on may Fangraphs have, today. The Orioles may have a good reason for not pursuing Otani. Was the oh, name good of the reason. Okay, I like to hear a good this reason. Good reason. Yeah. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I can think of a few reasons. What's their good reason? They say, and they're giving Peter Angelos the benefit of the doubt, and they said a couple examples when he did this in the past. But they're saying since the international. Whole, that whole thing, the whole international signing. Oh, it's, it's a scam. It's so icky. Yes. Right? Yes. It's so shady, so icky that they're saying possibly Peter Angelos is saying, you know what, this is icky and gross and I don't want anything part of it. So he's just staying out of it completely. Uh, which, so it's an ethical thing. 
Yeah, kind of an an ethical stance. Yeah. Now, I heard we that's... I heard we tried to sign this guy when he was like eight years old and got in trouble and got kicked out of the uh, <laughs> international. No, that's, that's South Korea. This is Japan. Here. Okay, uh, but I mean that's that's as reasonable as response as I've ever heard, right? Because I I, I can't explain why in the last two years we're the only baseball team who signed no one <laughs> in the international market, right, and, yeah. and maybe we just don't want to get it caught up in all that yuckiness. Yeah, yeah. I Maybe it'll, it'll down the road. It'll all come out that ickiness and scams and and dirty money and insider politics going on, and everyone will be poo pooing it, and then they'll reward the Orioles for being the only team to not get involved with the filth. <laughs> yeah, because that always happens, right? right? Rake around in the muck. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. Other news. You want to go Philly? Philly's and Machado. You want to touch that next? Yeah, yeah. Let's do Philly's and Machado. I got it. The Orioles are taking calls on Machado, Bert, and the Phillies are interested in and talking about trying to get Machado from the Orioles. Yeah, I just this made me laugh. Orioles Masson tweet from the Orioles Masson. The Phillies are interested in Manny Machado, and the Orioles are listening. There, who first? I don't understand that feeling. What does listening even mean? Yeah, yeah. First of all, who, what franchise is not interested in the best third baseman in baseball? That's yeah. my question number one. Two, did you see uh, some of the talks about this deal? Did you read anything about this deal? Uh, that we, uh, we were interested I think it's a pretty safe bet that I didn't. Pitching, pitching <laughs> prospects for us, right? Yeah, but it also included, and this is getting really complicated for just talking, it also included like a 74-hour window that the Phillies would have to negotiate an extension with Manny Machado. Because the Phillies are rebuilding. They're not going to trade for Manny Machado for a single year when they're rebuilding. Right. So right. It's all contingent on the fact that Manny who will want to play there and the Phillies could negotiate in 74 hours a an extension to play with the Phillies. I I mean, all these deals are really complicated that this like because if you want to trade Manny Machado to a rebuilding team, he's 25 years old. There's a ton of teams who would want him there to help the rebuild mode. But to have that done, you would have to negotiate a deal before you make the trade. Right. Sure. And so now you're limited to just teams who are going to be really good next year and just needs that one player at the top. So if, if you could negotiate a deal, that would, you know, it, it, would, it would add his value so much. But I don't, I don't know if you can do that. It's interesting that the Phillies think they can negotiate an, a long-term extension within 72 hours where the Orioles have had seven years <laughs> and they still can't negotiate a long-term deal. We just need a little more time. We're going right. to figure yeah. this out. Just need uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know what? I want I want uh, Manny Machado to come out and say, Orioles, you have 72 hours. Let's get yeah. this done. Well, he should. He should, and then we'll move on. Right. It's before ridiculous. Before you give Philly 72 hours, how about you take 72 hours? Is, is this mean – does this mean anything to you? Does this mean the Orioles are out on Manny? Do you think? Oh, yeah. I, I think this is a big development, actually. And I know we joke about it just listening and it means nothing. But I think this is a big deal. Because last offseason, I don't think you would have seen this this message. Uh, and and earlier this offseason, he said, this is the offseason. This offseason, we got to decide what we're going to do. And every indication to me is that they're willing to deal him. And yeah. so I think I think I would have said at the beginning of the offseason, there's like a 10% chance Manny Machado gets dealt um, in the offseason. I would say now it's up to like 40% chance he gets dealt in the offseason. I, I think that the listening is makes it a very real possibility. Yeah, yeah. I, I had the same feeling. I, my, my 
feeling has completely changed over the past, I'd say, two weeks. Where I really thought the Orioles, there's no way they let a star like this go. That you don't let the next Cal Ripken Jr. go away. Um, but, yeah, the, the talk that has came out the past couple of weeks with Duquette saying the organization needs to make a decision. As if he's uh, making it so clear that it's not his decision to be made. And, yeah, and, oh, it's not. It's not and, this is not Dan Duquette's call at all. Right, and when Masson now, the Orioles-owned organization, is sending out messages like, hey, the Phillies are interested. Yeah, yeah, well, you got Masson on there. Right. And and how many, what conversation have you heard about possible extension with Manny? Right, zero. Zero. Nothing. No, and, nothing. and you would think, hey, Masson, if you're the Orioles, if you're Dan Duquette, you're calling up Masson, then walking next door to the Masson doorway and say, hey, why don't you write an article about how uh, – we're thinking of extending or what an extension would look like. You put something out there to give yeah. the, the, the fans hope. There's, He's gone. Yeah, you think it's a done deal? <laughs> I, I think I, I think I put it on uh, 25% he's gone by the end of the year, this year. Like, like you think he'll play for the Orioles in 2018? Oh. No, no. Like 2018, 2017, like let's say Christmas. 25% he's gone yeah. by Christmas. Oh, really? I, based on the news of these past two weeks, yeah. if you get the right deal, all right, so we're not going to sign him. So then the next conversation is, let's get the best deal possible. Yes, and make that, us an offer, see who hangs up first. And when you just had a guy like Stanton traded and this this uh, other, when all these big moves are happening, just put him in All these starters are going off the board. Chatwood, Mike Fires, or whatever his name is. Right. All these starters are going off the board. This offseason has gotten off to it's not a good start for the Orioles. No, it hasn't. Yeah. So, At the beginning of the offseason, the Orioles had a, I, I saw a 1 and 50, I think 1 and 50 shot to, to make, the, make the playoffs or make the World Series, 1 and 50. Now I think it was up to like 1 and 100. Like, uh, no, it hasn't. They, they, haven't done anything and yet their odds of going to the world series has been reduced drastically just because everybody else is doing things right right and, and i it, i'm just i feel very negative about this offseason and the way you could it, it'd be a tough pill for the fans to take but by trading manny for some real for some real prospects and someone that could help right away yeah. would at least make this offseason okay that was the purpose of this offseason sure yeah but, but I mean, but here's the problem. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go, 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 go ahead. Bert. I was just saying you were talking about the odds. The the odds for the Yankees were yeah. to win the World Series were eight to one. Now then they signed. Two to now one. it's six six to one. But of it course. moved up two whole points. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think no matter if we trade Manny though, just Oriole fans get ready. If we trade Manny, you will inevitably be disappointed with what we get back in return. Yes. Right? Sure. Because it is impossible to kind of get back what this guy really means to your franchise. But if you think about it, we're talking about we're trading one year of Manny away. Right. And how much is one year of, of, of a single baseball player to, to any team? It's not going to be their top three top three, top four prospects. It's not going right. to be. It's not going to be the number one, two, three prospect in baseball. It's not going to be that kind of deal. Maybe two years ago it would have been that kind of deal. But a guy who has one year is not as valuable as a number one prospect. Right. He's not. Because he's just one year. And the other guy you get for, what, seven or eight years. So, and we've already established that we're, we're not going to beat the Yankees next year. So there's that. And then uh, you got to prepare yourself that whoever we get in exchange for him, 
there's a pretty good chance that you've never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it's and gonna yeah, be it's... somebody, some no name guy. Yeah. Right. Hopefully, a prospect. No name guy. Hopefully. But yeah, no. Um, but everyone will be disappointed because. And everyone will start saying, well, you should have traded him two years and, ago or three years ago. And yeah, fine, whatever. And the pre- and don't forget about the pressure for that prospect to develop into a oh, Manny yeah. Machado caliber guy. That's a name that no one will know when the deal happens. But the second the deal happens, everybody will know his name. We talk about him all the time. Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like Ryan Miner trying to fill in for Cal Ripken. We, we, yeah, that's, we, that's all we know him for. Or when uh, when jo- our friend of the show Jonah Heim went to the Rays and had to fill in uh, Steve Pierce's shoes. <laughs> yeah, S- same difference, man. Right. <laughs> a couple other things out there on the hot stove, though. I did get I tweeted out that article about uh, Masson, and right. of course I got a quick response from our boy, our friend from spring training, Adam Schetzel, uh, who's oh, a big Phillies fan. Oh, yeah. What, what, what's, what's he going to send us, Ron, uh, Ryan Howard? Yeah, yeah. Let's make it happen. Um, um, Matt, Matt Harvey. We got to talk Harvey. about Matt Harvey. Because Matt Harvey, this move has Dan Duquette written all over it. They bring <laughs> in a guy who was good two, three years ago, who had Tommy John surgery, who hasn't pitched 20 games since. Yeah, he had another bizarre. It wasn't time. He had something else last year or two years ago. Right, he like had elbow weird. issues or shoulder issues or something. Yeah, and it was like a unique thing that like not very many people have had before. Um, I was reading up a little bit about it today. Right, but last year his numbers. Uh, quick little look at his numbers. ERA of six point seven zero. That's like Chris Tillman territory. Exactly. A FIP of six point three seven. Now uh, a, a war of negative point uh, negative point eight, so a rough year. But two years ago, he was a great right. pitcher. Now the rumors are either Britton or Brock, one of those arms for Matt. I heard Harvey. O'Day or Brock. All right, and I heard I heard Brock and I heard Britton. So one of those back end rotate uh, back and bullpen arms for Matt Harvey. It sounds classic Dan Duquette move. Would you do it? I would. I thought about this a lot, and I flip flopped a couple of times. Uh, but I, I, I think I would do it actually. I, me too. Take the gamble. We yeah. have we to have that type of starting pitcher. If he can come back to what he was, you you go for that. Yeah. Uh, and and we're a team in uh, desperate need of starting pitching. And, and there's nothing out there. Yeah. And so the only way you're gonna get there is if you get lucky with these high risk guys. Like that's I, I don't know how else to do it. Either you sign bad pitchers who you know are bad, or you sign bad pitchers who have like an upside, uh, but are high risk. So I know he hasn't, like he threw 92 innings last year. Um, and then in 2016, he threw 92 innings. So the last two years, he's thrown a combined, uh, he's thrown the same actually, that's kind of weird. The last two years, he's thrown 92.2 innings or 92 and two thirds innings. Right. Um, but how many did Tillman throw? Yeah. Or, or name any of our pitchers who haven't pitched past the fifth inning. Yeah. Yeah, I would argue even Matt Harvey next year, if you look at the projections, he's projected to be our third best starter next year. So I would argue that Matt Harvey, he's projected to have a, a war next year of 1.1, according to Steamer. That would be our third best pitcher, third best starter behind Gossman and Bundy. He would also be our only – yes. <laughs> right, our only pitcher only past them. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you trade Brock. And, and you get like a veteran there, I think, that could maybe help with Bundy and Gossman. Help, yeah. Because we got – It'd be good to have a veteran in there, I guess. No, it is. Sure. 
Right, and that's what you hoped with. That's what you always heard about Ubaldo. Is though he wasn't pitching well, he brought that veteran pre- presence. And uh, remember, everyone likes him. He's such a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a couple of things I don't like about the deal, though. It is Harvey's last year, so this is a Harvey. Uh, uh, it's his final year. He's a free right. agent after this season. The other thing, I, and and the other thing I don't like about it is if you are truly going into rebuild mode, like trade. Machado, which sounds like rebuild mode, even though you'll never hear Dan Duquette say rebuild mode, then what are we doing trading Brock, one of our elite pitching arms, or O'Day, or Britain, for a one-year starter, right? Like, if we're going to rebuild mode, those are assets we should be using for prospects to actually, you know, rebuild. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Just a couple thoughts. Right. Just a couple thoughts. Maybe. Who do you think? Maybe they see... Go ahead. Maybe they see it, what happens with Machado first. If they pull yeah. something off with Machado, then then the Harvey deal is off the board because we don't need him. Yeah, um, it's true. It's true. So I mean, and we said this from day one. Like Machado is the key to all of this. Yeah, uh, right. I'll, I'll think about this though. You have O'Day is signed for two more years, nine mil a year. Uh, this is uh, Brad Brock's last year. I think he's going to make something like five and a half mil. Who would you rather trade if you're the Orioles? Would you rather trade Brock or O'Day? Which one would you rather keep? Who would you rather trade, Brock or O'Day? Good question. Uh, O'Day, O'Day, O'Day ha- was injured for a large part of all of last year. Um, I'd be concerned about uh, if we're going to keep him, uh, what's his health like? Uh, but O'Day is the type of guy that I feel that he brings a different look out of the pen more than just like a guy that throws hard so i like having him in that pen yeah here are a couple a couple stats from last year if you guys uh, don't mind me interrupting your ramblings with some actual stats we got all the time in the world uh uh last year if you just look at the numbers um let's start with brad brock right uh had an era or a k rate let's start k rates a fun stat of 9.24 a K rate of nine strikeouts per nine innings. I didn't realize this about O'Day. This is a fun fact about O'Day. Last year, O'Day had his highest K rate of his career um, at 11.34 Ks per nine. It's a lot of Ks. The year before that was 11. Um, and the year before that was 11.30. So the past three years has been the three highest K rates of his entire career. So it's almost like he's like this fine wine who's getting better with age. And to Bert's point about the injuries... Well, yeah, but last year he pitched in 60 innings. He had 64 appearances, pitched in 60 innings. Brad Brock okay. pitched in 68 innings. So Brad Brock only he pitched was eight innings more than, than down a day. Right. All right, fair um, enough. My memory was wrong. I guess the two factors I look at, because their stats are almost exactly the same. They're just so comparable to stats. So it's like, on the one hand, O'Day's 38. Is that, is that, did I just make that number up? Why do I think O'Day's 38? That seems really old. He's not that old, is he? No, he's not hey, that I old. I turned 38 next month. There's no one on the Orioles that is 38 years old. How old is he? Uh, uh, who? Darren O'Day? Yeah. Um, Ask Siri. Hey, Siri. Oh, he's 35. I'm sorry. I just saw How it. old is Darren O'Day? According to my sources, Darren O'Day is 35 years old. Yeah, okay. I like that British Thank guy. Yeah, yeah, I got tired of the regular Siri. So, he's He's 35. And so you're talking about him being – I'm sorry. I have a cat going crazy over here. You're talking 35. 
he, so you're talking about him being 36 and 37 the last two years of his deal, um, or 35 and 36. That's that's old for for a pitcher. That's old for sure. anybody, any yeah. professional athletes. That's old for you, Bert. Can you imagine 35 or 36? Yeah, I know. Um, for a bullpen arm, those guys tend to have long careers. All right. Remember, remember uh, Jesse Orozco? Yeah. That guy was pushing 55. And like, and Daryl Day <laughs> already doesn't throw hard. So it's not like he's going to lose a bunch of velocity and suck. Like he already doesn't have velocity. So yeah, I've convinced myself based on this conversation, I'd rather trade Brad Brock and Daryl Day because Brad Brock you only have for this year. Daryl Day you have for this year and next year. So I'd keep Daryl Day because I think he's going to age well. All right. Uh, Speaking of age well, you see Rafael Palmeiro wants to come back? He says he has has it in him. Serious question, though, guys. If you could choose one player right now to start at DH for the Orioles, would you choose Rafael Palmeiro or Mark Trumbo? (laughs) When the news came out about about Palmeiro, that was my my first thought was, I'd give him a shot. I'd give him an invite. I'd bring him down to Sarasota. I, I like a good redemption story. I'm all I'm all for bringing Palmero into spring training. If he can hit the ball in DH, he's had some years off. He, who knows? I mean, Ortiz was like 70 years old when he retired, right? And he was at the top of his game. Right, right. He just had bad feet. Yeah. So yeah. Palmero's had some time to rest and bulk up without supplements. Bring him in. Is this really is Palmero really going to make an attempt here? I don't know. Jim Palmer, remember when Jim Palmer talked about it? Because he was yeah. watching and saying, I can do better than all these young guys. Yeah. And he, he could not handle it. I don't know, but I'd love to see I mean, it happen. There's, there's zero chance that he even makes a minor league squad. But I think it'd be fun to see him run out there for spring training. Because that's all we would see is spring training. And I think it'd be fun to see him run out around spring training. I would love to see every like old Oriole player do it. Like, I'd fly down to spring training the weekend of an old-timers if they did an old-timers real game. And got Palmero yeah. and... Uh, Sosa and Ripken and yeah, uh, but have them like really try because yeah, like, I think they forget sometimes how, how they get old and they suck and how good young players are. Oh, so sure, just a little humble pie. Sure, you know how many times I I forget that I'm what 37 years old and my body hurts. Yeah, I'm starting to. I talk trash to my high school my high schoolers about beating them at basketball. And like five years ago, I I could be I could beat I'm sure every high schooler I teach in basketball, but I can't anymore. But I still talk trash the same way. So sure. one day I'm going to be called out for it. Right, you're, you're in, for in your head, you always play at the level you played at your peak. Yeah. And, and Palmero's this, got the same thing. All this Palmero talk is it's tied to the Orioles? I thought he had left with a bad taste for the Orioles and wanted nothing to, more to do with Baltimore. Well, his son's in the Orioles yeah, system. Yeah, his son's in the Orioles Yeah, I knew, I knew about the son, but I don't know. I, I felt like there was some – ESPN thing or something where he felt like he yes it was a bridge had been burned or something yes but, but I I think they're rebuilding that that bridge lots of finger pointing and what better way than to invite him to spring training <laughs> down you it sounds awesome right yeah on a on a different note though isn't it I mean at the end of the day it's just kind of sad right <laughs> like yeah you can't get over it you can't get past it it's like a little bit you guys watched that Ric Flair special oh, <laughs> yeah 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 a little bit sad right. What what if they did that with fans? Like if you had an Oriole fan who was just tired of it, especially after the fourteen years of losing, and in order to bring you back, they invited you to spring training. You might not make the team, <laughs> but we'll give you a shot to win you back well, to uh, well, that's that, the franchise. That's that old man's club. That that winter. What's that thing they do right before spring training? For fantasy the camp. Fantasy camp. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wrap up Amaro should just go to fantasy camp, get it out of the system. Exactly. <laughs> what if the best player out of old man fantasy camp actually got a spring training invite? <laughs> Hey, if, that uh, would be awesome. I'm, I'm pretty then sure they should make a movie about that. Copyright Zany Burt Roadie. Nobody take that. I'm it, writing that. It's like uh, Invincible with Marky Mark. Yeah, I got a great title for the movie Fantasy Camp. <laughs> hey, I speaking like of which, Josh, that reminded me that there's a guy on. Are you got Dave Zibanowski or something? No, Dan Zibanowski. Yeah, he's the, he's the ESPN reporter okay. who has what he he came out today saying I'm done with the Orioles. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he said he's been a fan for 35 years, and today he announced he's done. That, wow. That was, that was surprising to me. To be honest, I really don't like Dan that much. He's, right. he's too snarky for me. He's too sarcastic. He's too, I just don't get his humor, and it kind of annoys me. Yeah. But he always shows up in my timeline because of this stupid like. If other people like it, it shows the, up in the, the retweet. Timeline. Yeah. Yeah, I hate annoying. that so much. Yeah. Well, anyway, so he, I, I he just, stuck it out for those 14 years, and now all of a sudden, right. <laughs> like, you why would you quit in 2017? You <laughs> I mean, if you would have quit in 2010, I'm like, I hear you, buddy. Right. Go quit. We went to the playoffs the last three, the last five years. We won the AL East in 2014. Like, what, what are you doing? Right. Well, that's what, Maybe. That's, that's what I thought. But today was just such a weird day. Wait two weeks for Manny Machado to be traded. Then I understand. Yeah, because the Owatani thing, that's that's nothing new. We've been doing that for two years. Right, exactly. Oh, well, Maybe he it. sees another thir- – the, the next 13 consecutive years are all going to be losing seasons too. And he said, I, I already did it once. I can't do it again. But at least wait until like February. If Doros had done nothing in February, then I could see, all right, I'm throwing the towel. Again, they, yeah. they didn't – like if the Orioles start and for opening day, they just have Kevin Gossman, Dylan Bundy, and they alternate those two guys every single day of the, of the season. Like, at that point, I might throw in the towel and say, okay, you're going to only pitch two pitchers the entire season. That's ridiculous. Though it actually <laughs> might be better off than what they were going to do. So, at that point, I might throw in the towel. But now it just seems – the timing seems bizarre. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't do it. I, I don't know if I can ever turn off my fandom. I'm a little jealous. Sometimes I wish I could just turn off oh, the fandom like that. Yeah, I but, wish but I could say, oh, for now I'm an Angels fan. Yeah, I wish yeah. I could or do what, that. Yeah. At what point do you buy a uh, Yankees jersey with Stanton written on the back? Yeah. Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Was that before or after I moved to Severna Park? Right. (laughs) Right. Because I got to right. I got to put the name on the jersey, even though the Yankees don't. Exactly. That was my point. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm just helping people out. It was a good dig. Anytime you get a good dig, Um, uh, the Yankees, you do it. Do you have a uh, strawberry or coconut for us today? No, I want to make one other point about the uh, the Orioles winter meetings. I, I, I found a neat way. The uh, with the winter meetings, Major League Baseball always does these Major League Baseball like auctions for charity. And, yeah, I was going to mention this. Yeah. Oh, were you? Well, with I, the I, Orioles. Yeah, and I found a great way yeah. here for the Orioles with the Orioles related that one of our listeners can be a, a big coconut because okay. the, you win this. The winning prize for this is for the winning bidder and three guests. And when I'm looking hey. on the screen, I see three of us. So I got one, it. So here you can two. be a coconut. The current high bid is is uh, $1,225. So it's pricey, but you could be it's a coconut. Affordable. Someone might have this money. And what you What's get, for? you get a behind-the-scenes experience at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, which includes watching Buck Walters' pregame press conference, watching batting practice from the field, visiting the press box, visiting the Masson television booth, visiting the Oriole Radio Network booth, the Masson Television Production booth, the Orioles Scoreboard Production Room, 
And here's the kicker, watching an inning of the game in it, with Executive Vice President of Baseball Operations, Dan Duquette, in his suite. It also oh includes a parking pass. I don't know why they throw in the parking pass. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, as an English teacher, I got to tell you, the, the, the experience is actually not going to include all those things. If you look carefully, it says at the beginning of it says, a really could. Big, it re- yeah, and on, their, on the Orioles' Twitter, a really big may. Yeah. yeah. On, on the website, on Baltimore Sun, it says, experiences could include, uh, and then lists all those things. But I, I was going to mention the other two. Did you see the other two experiences the, the, you can get? The painting with Caleb Joseph? Yeah. Which one of us you think would do the best painting with Caleb Joseph? And there's a picture I didn't of even, I what didn't, I assume Caleb Joseph's artwork. Like He's the, a pretty good painter. Yeah, now that's up to $750 currently. I thought he was known as the drummer. I didn't know he painted. This man he's has so many talents. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Now, now he's, the, the, he's the renaissance man. Now, the other Caleb one Joseph. that's up there could get a little awkward in two weeks. The, the chess, chess with the, Manny Machado. The chess with Manny Machado, Jonathan Scope, Dylan Bundy, and or Kevin Gaussman. I don't, I don't know what about the end or chess match? What it's is like, this? and if Gosman wants to be involved, or I guess you pick which one of these guys you want, you can have Manny, Scope, Bundy, or Gosman to play chess. Or, with. but if it's Gosman and you bring in your two hundred dollar Kevin Gosman number thirty nine jersey, he'll trade it in with you for his new number thirty four jersey, the Roy Holiday. Yeah, and that's real, all- real. That's real, also real, real nice of him to change his jersey number after everyone's already right. spent a hundred dollars on his jersey. I'll, I'll, my my thought was more. I'm sure that's his thoughts, Bert. Yeah, <laughs> his his hero dies, and he's thinking about, oh, Bert's probably going to be pissed that he spent that money on that number thirty-two. My my thought. I'm just saying, anybody who buys a Kevin Galsman jersey, friend my, of the show, right? My <laughs> my thought was more of my experience with chess, and that game's going to be over in four minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like, if I, you should be able to choose your game. I'm more of a war card game. I declare war, kind right. of guy. Yeah, and, and so, let's just throw out the cards and let's see what happens. That's and, my philosophy in life. Let's just throw it all out there and see what happens. And see, you know, all this strategy, I'll pass. Right. Let's just throw it out there and see what happens. And you listed five players there, but a game that's one on one. I want to play a big game of Monopoly. Uh, maybe yeah. some, maybe some Risk. Yeah, maybe you know, some cards against humanities, huh? Yeah, Let's something little, that can involve army. everyone. Yeah, apples. To and apples. that first, that first one you mentioned—that's at like twelve hundred, thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah, twelve fifty. That all sounds like stuff you can do for an eight-dollar ballpark tour. <laughs> right, I guess you can do it, but I guess the the personalities may be there. Like you may talk they, to Buck Showalter, or you may not. They How might be there that? in the ballpark I'm tour. Thousand dollars, and I may or may not see Buck Showalter. Uh-huh. You, yeah. I like that you get to watch an inning of baseball with Dan Duquette in his box. Do you think Dan Duquette says anything, or do you think he's no. sitting on one side and you're not allowed on the Dan Duquette side? He comes in the box and he says, all right, let's this get this over with. Hopefully this will be a three-up, three-down inning, and I can get out of here. Right. And then I, he sees the Zany Bird roadie there, and he's like, oh, crap. I, right. I, <laughs> I, feel like I, I feel like I've been closer to Dan Duquette at spring training than what this thing offers. And I'll be like, hold on, I have a couple questions on my cell phone that I wrote out that I want to ask you from uh, my dream in the middle of the night. Right. <laughs> Wait five years to ask this question. Could you imagine, though, if, like, uh, what happens if there's a rain delay in the middle of that inning? Yeah. Does Dan get just panic? He has to stay. It's in, the, it's in the fine print. And how is there not a foot race against Brady Anderson on that list of auctions? <laughs> yeah, that's what, I was a little disappointed because – 
I could come up with a lot better auctions yeah. than those. I feel like like doesn't um what 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 is Darren O'Day like to ride that uni wheel or something? Yeah, the, the, yeah, the yeah. uh you know uni wheel? Unicycle? Uni wheel, is that what it is? Like a Segway or something, but without the handlebar? Mon- monowheel? I, yeah. Yeah. I say I would like to go around Baltimore with the monowheel with, with Darren O'Day. Now that would be a cool thing. Or go hunting with uh Dylan Bundy, I know he likes to hunt. Right or like do steroids with Chris Davis, like some of those things to get the real experience. I would rather do one of those. Right, right. Adderall or not with Chris Davis? Yeah, do Adderall, do Adderall with with Chris Davis. Just see what happens. Just see what effect it has on it. Yeah. And then go like stand at the plate and watch balls pass for strikes. Like that. Get the real full Chris Davis experience. <laughs> what's what's the Caleb Joseph experience if it's not painting then for you? The, the, the oh, Caleb Joseph, that's a painful experience. The real right. Caleb Joseph. Experience. <laughs> that's a painful one. I'm not paying money for that one. I'm not paying money for to get to get to that happen to me. No, this. But I like this. Every player should have their own little personal experience. I agree. And that, yeah. and you're right. We could be way more creative than than what the Orioles have offered up. Yeah. If you're Wade Miley, you just like watch players walk around the bases because he walks everybody. You just stand at the mound and just walk, right. watch people walk around the bases. Can you? I'll out, sign up for that. Can you out windmill the windmill? Yeah, yeah. So you just have all <laughs> when you do like the kids race or whatever. Just send everyone home, exactly. and they all get thrown out the plate. Right. Or depending on if we acquire any pitchers this off season, you can pitch the fourth game of the season. Start. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's true. Someone's got to do it. Why not? Someone's got to do at, it. At least a a. Pitch and try out in front of uh, Buck Showalter, <laughs> where, where someone watches you pitch from the mound to see if you could make it. Let's just see what he's got. What's the worst <laughs> that could happen? <laughs> it's like the ball boy tryouts. They need to just have a pitch and tryouts. Every every try, I'm sorry, it's all fair game. Wayne Kirby for for that one. Your task is to to stand in the dugout and see if you can make Adam Jones laugh while he's in center field. That that's a little <laughs> little exercise there. You can do it for every player. This is see, but all they did was painting with Caleb Joseph. The best you could do was painting with Caleb Joseph. Oh, now I'm pissed. Right. At first, I thought that was a cool idea. Ooh, painting with Caleb Joseph. Now I'm thinking about all these other ideas, and it's kind of pissing me off. Right? Because we can come up with a lot better ideas. The, the, the Manny, uh, the Trey Mancini experience is they just throw you out in the outfield with no experience and expect you to play. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's good. That's good. Um, who else we got out there? How about Trumbo? You got something for Trumbo? Oh shoot! What's the what's the Mark Trumbo experience? Oh, the, you know what the Mark Trumbo experience is? Like you go around and everyone's like eating cake at a birthday party or something, and he just slaps birthday cake out of their hands. Like that's your Mark Trumbo experience. Is it? You don't like no pie for you. Is, is Slapping it, cake out of yeah. Is it, is it weird that they, like it seems like the Adam Jones pie to the face would be an easy charity item? Yeah. Is it? Is, is has Mark Trumbo made that ban so stringent that they can't even auction it off? The, the, the reward for Trumbo would somehow involve sucking all the fun out of the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you would be the lamest guy ever. Uh, but I would pay for that. I would pay to go into a room with Mark Trumbo and just, like, ruins everybody a good time. Like, just suck all the fun out of the room. I would, I would pay to have that experience. I would. I'd like, I'd like to see the Orioles win the World Series just to see Mark Trumbo not celebrate with the team. Right. <laughs> just to see him trying to ruin everyone's fun. Yeah. All right, guys, let's get in our cars and go home. Let's just go all the way around the horn. If you're Manny Machado, doesn't uh, Manny Machado has what? Is his girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you get ugly tattoos together. Yeah, so you get the tattoo of someone, uh, someone you dated before on your arm with Manny Machado. 
That's uh, that's a good one too. Yeah, or an awkward, or just an awkward tattoo of Manny Machado on your arm. Yeah, or you and, get, yeah. And Manny gets a tattoo of you. Yeah, okay, he's good. gonna be he's gotta be wearing a Phillies hat in the tattoo. Oh come on, Bert. We can add that later. <laughs> have fun here, Bert. Why would you have to go there? Just having fun, man. <laughs> too far, too far. The 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 Ryan Flaherty experience. You just get to sit with Buck everywhere. <laughs> My, uh, the the um, Buck Showwatch experience You just go around saying how much you like your guys all the time <laughs> I like you You, you just point to them, I like you Yeah, yeah, just go liking everybody and, yeah, That's, that's and, good Right, And Dan, Dan Duquette just teaches you how to talk a bunch Without it actually meaning anything Yeah That's good, that's good yeah. We should come up with a list here, that's good I think we just came up with the list all right, we we missed. I'm just I'm a little annoyed that we missed out on um the 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 Peter Angelos experience. You get to just lay in bed all day and count your money. Yeah, I, I, and then I don't know some of Masson too, right? Right, to, to, right. Represent poor people and sue for them, so you get a bunch of money. Yeah. yeah. All right, we got to wrap up here. Uh, just some stuff going on in the chat room. We got a lot of comments. All right, um, you got ideas on what um. This is good. If you got ideas, you can uh, post on our little chat on Facebook ideas for um, what these the the, the Orioles experience players experience. experience. Yeah, or you can tweet at us. You can tweet at Section Three Three Six Show your best uh, Orioles experience. A um, couple comments, uh, Dave. Going back to our com- conversation earlier, I'm 51 and can still play a little bit, but I didn't play on two games for 20 years either. Uh, I'll go to fantasy camp. Yeah, so Dave's with us. He's fifty-one. He can still play. So we all can still Let's do play. It. I, mean, I, I really, I think at some point we need to have three-three-six fantasy camp, where we all yeah. just pretend to be out, that we're trying out for the Orioles really, really hard you know, we, and intense. We all sleep over in your basement and play uh, MLB Two K on your PlayStation. Oh, see, I was Is that gonna... a game. <laughs> It'll be sure. like they did in band camp for me. I went to band camp this one time in band camp. This one time at Bank Camp, I, I was uh, I was in the in the drum line, and I was not very good, especially with my left hand, because I do everything with my right hand, everything with my right hand. Anyway, the the he made me like tie my left hand behind my back and like do everything that week with my left hand, like brush my teeth, eat food, everything with my left hand. That's what we need to start doing, or like Chris Tillman needs to start doing, because we need left-handed starting pitchers. So we should all just start using our left hand for everything and forget about our right hand. So that's what they should have done with, with Hunter Harvey. Once his one yeah. arm blew out, all right, that one's dead. Tie it behind your back. You're learning to throw with the other. Especially that's what we always need is Orioles starters who are left-handed, right? Right. Matt, did yeah. you really go to band camp? Yeah. That's the truth. That whole thing's a true story about only being yeah. allowed to use my left hand. We should get together and talk about band camp memories sometime. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> sounds like, that sounds really fun. We should start a Bandcamp podcast, and we can post it on Bandcamp. I don't think Bandcamp exists anymore. The first time I was in the pit, and they, they wouldn't let me go to Bandcamp just because I was in the pit. Like, I'm not a member of the band because I'm in the pit. But the next, the next year, I, I got promoted to the drumline, so I was able to Bandcamp. That's great. But we'll Good. get into that cool, more later. Cool story. Yeah. Um, My Bandcamp was other- in Chicago. Chat room, Jacob says, I uh, just want to mention, Matt, I, th- I thought I saw your cat on the stairs looking menace- menacingly at the camera. Kind of creeped me out. Yeah. So the cat's back. <laughs> I'm, just, um, I'm just glad I'm, the cat's behind you and not in front of you and walking over your keyboard this week. 
Yeah, yeah, he does that. He likes to. He's always in everyone's business. But the, but the cat won't interfere with the show. If I see the cat ever appear in the background, someone you got to hit me or like beat me or something. Like do all capture something the second he appears because I want to knock that cat out if he ever gets in my in my in my scene. This is my camera angle on the cat. Yeah. No business. Pre pre show, there was some yelling at the cat. Yeah, there there was there was the cat's not well liked around this place. All right. That's all I got, guys. All right. Can we get out of here? All right. Let's wrap it up. I got yeah. 8% left on my laptop. 8%. All right, real quick. Uh, we're, we're playing with the idea of some mini episodes. I don't think Bert knows this yet, but we're playing with the idea of some mini episodes. So we have a mini episode that's probably going to come out like, uh, I don't know, Wednesday, Thursday. We're figuring it out, which this week will be our first mini episode where it'll be a small eight, nine-minute conversation I had with Cedric Mullins this weekend. Great. So that'll come out on uh, Thursday. And hey, if you so order- make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, so right. the second he uploads it, you get it on your little yeah. uh, internet phone device. Yeah, make sure you First. subscribe. And uh, who knows if the Orioles do some stuff at this winter meetings, maybe we'll have something else to talk about in one of these mini episodes. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. It's like three three six daily. It is. It's yes. Without, <laughs> but 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 not. But not every day. Not daily, <laughs> and we're not committing to the three minute mark. And. Uh, we're just going to – with technology, it makes it easier for us to do little things. So we're going to see if we can uh, squeeze a little bit extra in. So you should, to make sure you get all the fun technology. stuff, again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. I don't I have no idea what Stitcher is, to be honest. Just subscribe. I, subscribe on iTunes. And I just heard other friends. people on other podcasts they subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher, so I throw it in there. Right. I don't know what it means. Especially since it's a winter meeting time, it means things are going to get exciting for baseball, if not for the Orioles. So now's the time to tell your friends, tell your family while you're visiting for Christmas, and uh, just spread the word of Section Three Thirty Six. Greatly appreciated. Absolutely. All right, boys and girls. We appreciate you checking us out. You can follow us on Twitter at Section336Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Bert on Twitter at Bert Rohde. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Sign somebody. A picture.